Hi, thanks for joining us online. We're glad that you've chosen to access this message. It's so encouraging to know that God is using the ministry of Portico Community Church to touch the hearts and lives of people all across the world. If you have a story to share or a prayer request, we would love to hear from you at info at porticocanada.ca. To support our ministry, you can donate online by clicking on the Donate button at the top right of your screen. Once again, we're so glad that you've joined us. It's our prayer that this message from God's Word will deeply impact your life. Good morning. Yeah, it was great, 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 great party. Uh, many of you who came to the party, you came in with the mindset of going to a party and you left with a potential laundry bill. Uh, just, yeah, the, the silly string and all that got on your clothes. I had parents coming up to me going, are you going to pay for this? <clears throat> So luckily, no one's come up to me this morning, and if you do, uh, please talk to Pastor Heather. She'll be more than happy to talk to you, walk you through that one. But uh, no, it, it was a, a wonderful party, um, just a, a great time, and uh, it's, it's just an amazing season that we've got. We've got a new series that I'm really excited for coming up. It's called Redemption Road, The Journey That Changed Everything. And uh, over the next uh, week or so, as we gear up for our Easter celebration, we're going to be taking a look at the journey that Jesus took over 2,000 years ago and how that journey actually impacts us today. So let me ask you a question just to start off. Have you ever been on an incredible road trip? You might call it like an epic road trip. Um, maybe even just to go along with our series, was it a road trip that changed your life? It changed everything, right? I, I was trying to think of, have I ever been on a road trip that was kind of like epic, that changed my life forever? And I said, I've been on road trips and great road trips. Uh, they've been incredible moments and they've been memorable, but I, I don't know if I've ever had a, a journey that's literally changed my life or, or changed anything that... I, I remember one time I, I, uh, I, I call up my friend David and, and I, I was on vacation. And uh, I was like, I know this is totally last minute, but uh, you want to go for a road trip? And he was like, sure, yeah, no problem. I'll, he's like, when do you want to do this? I'm like, like tomorrow. And he's like, uh, let me call my boss, right? And so we go on this trip, and we actually had no map. The, the, the purpose of the trip was just to go and be free. And so what we did actually is, is we, we traveled down into the states, into Michigan and Pennsylvania. We traveled into the Carolinas and Buffalo. And, and the whole purpose was just to be free and not, not um, be tied down by, we need to go here, or we need to do this. The only rule that we had on this trip was that when we would look at reviews of a hotel, it had to be the worst review possible. And so I remember this one hotel that we went to, and, and the review was literally, we went into our hotel room, and an iron fell on my son. And so we kind of just looked at each other, and we were like, I feel like this is home for us. Let's do this. And let me tell you, I didn't need a chiropractor until after that trip. It was terrible. No irons hit me, but you might think I did just from my personality. But, uh, uh, you know, I, we, we've all done these kind of epic trips, but something, uh, you know, being on a journey that literally changed everything, it's pretty big. It's a big deal if you think about it. And so over the next week, we're going to look at this journey that Jesus 
took that changed and impacted our lives and can still impact our lives today. So why don't you open your Bibles? We're going to go to Matthew 21. We're going to dive right in. Matthew 21, and I'm going to be starting in verse 1. Feel free to look in your notes and your, your Bible apps and your Bibles. Matthew 21. It says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say, The Lord needs them. And he will send them right away. Wouldn't that be amazing if you could just say that all the time, right? Go to a car lot. I know I'm looking for a van right now and just be like, the Lord needs it. (laughs) The Lord needs it and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Verse five, say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And the disciples went and did as Jesus instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna! To the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred. The whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? Who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Another translation actually says, not that they were were stirred, but that there was an actual uproar that happened because of his presence in the city, that that there was such an uproar because there was an incredible stirring amongst the people. Have you ever had that stirring feeling inside you, that feeling like something good is about to happen, right? It isn't like when you wake up and you know you're about to have incredible breakfast, right? Right? It's not like cholesterol or anything, but there's this stirring that's happening inside of you and you're, you just feel like something good is about to happen. What is that? What is that feeling? Well, many of us here would know that this is the feeling of hope. It's hope. Hope is that feeling of expectation, that desire for a certain thing to happen in our lives. And hope is something that we all have. For example, we, we hope that, I know personally, give me an amen if you, you agree to this, I hope the Leafs will finally make it after, uh, past the first round, right? Amen, right? If you're wondering what amen it means truly, yes, I agree. Finally, it's only been 15 years, right? I hope this will happen for all of our uh, South African friends that are here joining us. Hockey is this game we play with a ball. No, I'm just joking. Amen. Okay, we got one future fan. Okay. I got a little one right in the front here. I'm convinced. I see his size. He's going to be elite. Okay. All right. 
right? We have this hope for, for things like that. We have this hope for a better life. You know, many of us came to, to Milton or we came to Canada with this hope, this idea of a better life that we would have. Maybe not even just for us, but for our kids, that our kids would have a better life, that, that our kids would have a better education, right? We hope for these kind of things. I remember when I held my son for the first time thinking, man, I just, I hope I can give him everything he needs, right? We have this hope. Uh, for many of you here, we have this hope that one day we'll get married, right? We'll get married and, and one day we'll have kids. We have hope for things like that too. We have hope that we'd be living in a better world. We, we have hope that we would have more time in the world. Other things that we, we put hope in is, is we actually put our hope in political leaders and political systems, right? Some of us here, you know all about that. We've got elections coming up and you're thinking, okay, this person is going to be the person that changes it. Right? We have this, this hope that something might happen. We have hope in our careers, right? That if I just get this job, if I can just get here, if I can just make this much, if I can just do this, that there, there's got to be something more. We hope for things like that. We hope in our families and we hope in our friends. And the question is today, why do we do this? Why do we have hope? Why did these people in our story flock to Jesus when they heard that he entered the city? It's because we all need hope. Every one of us in this room, we need hope. Whether we realize it or not, we're searching for hope. Because at some point in your life, at some point in my life, I was asking the question, there's got to be something more to this. There's something more. There has to be something more that I can believe in than just this. I actually heard it once said that a person can live for 40 days without food, about three days without water, about eight minutes without air, but only live one second without hope. Hope is something that we need. And so what we do is we cling on to it. We cling on to hope thinking this might be it. This might be my shot. This might be my time, my moment. This, this could be our moment. This might be the answer we've been looking for. And what you realize about humanity is that every heart has a longing for hope. We anticipate a better and brighter future for you, for your family, for your country, for our world. And at this point in history, as we were, we were reading in the, our story, you have the nation of Israel who are tired of being bossed around. They're tired of being pushed around. If it wasn't the Egyptians, it was, it was the Assyrians. If it wasn't the Assyrians, it was the, the Babylonians. If it wasn't the Babylonians, it was the Romans. They were constantly feeling this pressure, being oppressed by someone else. And they were clinging on to this idea of hope that something or someone will change their circumstance. And so there was this sense of hope in the people that things were about to change. And we see it in Matthew 21. If you look, Matthew 21, 5, see your king comes to you. The people were crying out for hope. They were crying out for one who would bring redemption to them, the one that would get them out of their, the mess that they were in. 
And so what happened is everyone starts to get really excited as Jesus starts entering the city because of who he might be. You see, at this point in time, there, uh, there was, you know how today we see miracles happen. We see miracles happen all the time where we're just like, wow, how did that happen? Right? What a surprise. Well, in the Jewish culture in those days, there were miracles, and, there were, and then there were miracles that only the, uh, the Messiah could do. And specifically, there were four miracles at that time that they believed only the uh, Messiah could do. The first one was heal a leper. The second one was cast out demons. Third one was heal the blind. And the fourth was raise someone back to life after the third day, which is a a really interesting statement when you look into it. Um, Because if you know the story of Lazarus, The Bible says that Jesus heard that Lazarus was dying and he waited to go see Lazarus. The Bible actually says that he waited until the fourth day to go see Lazarus and then he raises Lazarus up to life. And so what you have is this sudden surge of hope going on in the, in the city of Jerusalem because people are getting word that, whoa, 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 hold up. You're telling me Jesus, we, we know that Jesus has healed the leopard. We know that he's healed the blind. We know that he's cast out demons, but you're saying just a few days ago that he actually brought a man back to life that was dead for four days? What is going on? And so there's this excitement going on as, as they're anticipating this potential Messiah, this potential hope to get them out of this place of oppression, out of this place, out of their, out of their circumstance. And what you realize is that Jesus steps into a world in need of hope. That's who he is, right? We, we sang, good, good father, it's who you are. Jesus steps into a world in need of hope. You know, I I don't think it's a mistake that the number one box office movie every year is a superhero movie. I really don't think that's a mistake, right? Last year, it was, previous year, it was like Black Panther, right? Before that, you've got, or this year, you've got End Games, and you've got the next one coming up, right? We have this this craze, this this love for, for hero movies, and they're, they're always huge successes. And I actually don't think it's a mistake. And I don't think it's a, a mistake because we know that we live in a broken world. We know that we live in a hurting world. We know that we're living in a world that just doesn't seem to get it right all the time. Look at history. Look at how we repeat history. And as a result, every heart is longing for hope for someone or someone to step into the world and give us hope. And the only difference is what you choose to put your hope in. In our story, because of what they heard and what they chose to see, hope started to grow in the people. And I'm actually, I'm saying choose and and chose to, to see Because if we're not careful, we actually tend to manipulate hope to fit our perspective. If we're not careful, when we see hope and the the potential of hope, we can manipulate it to fit what we think we need or what we want. And, And to understand what's going on in our story in the moment, 
you, you have to understand that at this point in time in our, in our story, that hope ran high during the Passover season. Many Judeans interpreted that redemption was this deliverance from the oppressed. And so there was this anticipation and excitement that maybe the Messiah would come. And take them away from that. Maybe the future king was here. But what they found was not a man full of armor with a giant army riding on this stallion. What they saw instead was a humble man riding on a donkey. Matthew 21.5 actually gives witness to, to this saying that he was gentle and riding on a donkey. On a colt, the foal of a donkey. History actually, history tells us that when kings would go to neighboring cities, if, if the king was ever on a horse, it meant war, that the king was coming for war. But if a, if a king would go to a neighboring city on a donkey, it meant peace, that he was coming in peace. And what you have here is that the people, they chose to see what they wanted to see. Jesus was coming humbly. He was coming in peace, but people saw him as a warrior and a conqueror. And so in that moment, people start yelling out. They start gathering. You've got to understand, this would have been a crazy mob, right? If you were under um, oppression and, and, and you were under these rulers that were dictating you and, and overruling you, like think, think um, Nazi Germany, right? And, and the people that were in, in those cities at the time, right? When you find out that a potential savior is coming, you rush to go see. You rush to go see who's going to liberate you. And so these people rush out to see Jesus. And it says in verse 9 that the crowds that went out ahead, they shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, which means save now, right? Not tomorrow, not in a week, save right now, Hosanna. They're shouting this at Jesus. Deliver us now. Deliver us, son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Save us right now. You ever been in those moments? right, where you're like, God, you better do something right now, right, right? It's me that got me in this mess, but you better do something right away, right? Same now, you know, for those, for those of you who have ever taken care of kids, you get that, right? They're like freaking out, and they do this, and you're just like, oh, don't even, right? But this idea of do it now, do it now, and the Bible says that they began to throw their cloaks on the ground in the, uh, so that the king could tread on it, waving branches in celebration. But it left the situation in a bit of a conundrum because they were overlooking the manner in which Jesus arrived. Jesus wasn't coming for war. He was coming to bring peace, a different kind of freedom. In fact, we, we learn that Jesus rejected the political pursuit altogether in order to pursue what mattered most, which was your heart. That's what matters most to him. It's not all the politics and all, all those things. God cares most about your heart. That's what he came for. And maybe you're in the room today and you think he hasn't lived up to your expectations. God, why didn't you do this? Why aren't you doing this? 
Why aren't you doing what I'm asking? Can't you see that I'm oppressed? Can't you see that life feels like hell right now? Maybe you're here and you're thinking that. And as a result, you're, you feel like you might be losing hope. He hasn't lived up to those expectations. He doesn't do what you think he should do or what you thought he ought to do or even what he would do. I even find sometimes for myself, I want Jesus to storm in like it's D-Day, like it's the beaches of Normandy in my life. But rather, he leads a quiet invasion in my soul and stirs my heart. And that's what he does with you too. Sure, God meets us when we worship and when we, we do all this. But he leads this quiet invasion in your hearts. Where slowly and steadily he works away at your heart. So that the Bible says that you're actually brand new. That you're something that you were initially created to be. Your truest self. He leads this quiet invasion in our hearts. And the truth is, is if we took the time to investigate who Jesus is and what he came to accomplish, we would find that the expression of true hope may surprise you for the better. A great example of, of this is uh, the story of Nathaniel. Some scholars relate him also as Bartholomew, one of the 12 disciples. And, and in the story in verse John, uh, one, um, first John, or sorry, John 1 46, um, Jesus is walking and Philip and uh, Nathaniel are talking and, and Philip goes up to Nathaniel and says, hey, I think, I think the Messiah, like I think, I think there's this incredible prophet who's doing things that we've never seen and, and, and he's this incredible man of God and you need to see this. And, and it's crazy in, the, in that moment, Nathaniel says this in John 1, he says, can anything good come from Nazareth? You know, oftentimes we have this idea that, that big name people were supposed to come from famous places, right? We have this idea of who God is supposed to be and how he's supposed to come to us. And in that moment, you have Nathaniel saying, well, what good is like coming from Nazareth? Nothing good comes from here. But as the story goes, Philip encourages him to see for himself and fortunately for Nathaniel, he goes and he meets with Jesus and in doing so becomes a disciple and starts sharing the gospel wherever he went with this newfound hope. And here's the reality, something that I think all of us, especially as I watch the news and I, I, I interact with people, it, it, I just see it so often you have Nathaniel that if, if he stuck with his prejudices without investigating further, he would have missed the Messiah. I, I think that when, when Jesus came into Jerusalem, because of how he came in, a lot of people, they had those prejudices and they thought, well, this isn't how the king's supposed to come. And they missed out 
on what was going on. And oftentimes, we can, be, we can find ourselves listening to stereotypes about Christ that can cause ourselves and others to miss out on who he actually is. We can actually miss out if we're not careful about the stereotypes about, about who he is. The fact that he's, he's actually a God that is powerful and full of grace and full of love. A God that can hear you and responds. Oftentimes when we hear about Jesus, we can't see beyond the man because he doesn't do what he ought to do what we want him to do. Rather, Jesus does what we need him to do so that we can be unshakable, that we can be unmovable and full of hope. You know, there's a big difference between hope in something and hope in Jesus. One is wishful and the other brings confidence. It's one of the biggest differences when it comes to hope. One is wishful and one one brings confidence. When we put our trust in Christ, whatever the outcome, whatever the circumstance, and we put our hope in him, there is a confidence that begins to birth within our souls. And it bursts through us in our interactions, in in our reactions, in our actions, in everything because of what he is doing within us. Band, if you can come up. I want to ask you a question today. How do you see Jesus? How do you see Jesus today? Who is Jesus to you? Who has he become to you? Maybe that's a better question. Where's your hope level? Have you found that you're getting dry? What I love about Jesus You ever met those people that when they they give their word you just know You just know that you know that you know that you know that they're going to follow through on it. That even when things just don't seem right or things aren't going the way we think, that we just know that we know that it will happen, that thing will be fulfilled, that promise will be fulfilled. Think of that person. And then there's Jesus who is creator of heaven and earth, who, who literally came to earth. He became human so that you can be holy. He, he came to humble means so that he could raise you up, that he can bring you up so that you can be a citizen of heaven, a, a son and daughter, so that he can work on your heart. Put your hope in Christ. Put your hope in Christ today. Maybe you're here today and it needs to be renewed. You've got distracted. You've allowed things to, uh, the busyness of life to overwhelm you. 
right? That's what Peter had happen in, in the moment when he was on the boat and everything was shaking, right? And he starts sinking, the Bible says, in the storm and he yells out, save me. Maybe today that's you. You need to say, Father, I, I've, I've lost my focus on you and I need to get back. I need to look at you again. I need to go to the source of hope. Not just the source of help, but the source of hope. The one thing that's going to keep me going every day. Thanks for watching today. Be sure to check out our other messages on this page. And you can also watch us live online every Sunday morning at 1010 a.m. Don't forget, share your story or send us a prayer request by emailing info at porticocanada.ca. You can also stay connected by liking our Facebook page or following us on Twitter at PorticoCC. 